1: Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. That's right, this is SpinRate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We're coming back to you after a very interesting and exciting Labor Day weekend for your Toronto Blue Jays. Things are uh, The spirits are high, I think is, is, is the best way to describe the sense of things. Around the Toronto Blue Jays. My spirits are high right now because I am joined I am joined remotely from the Big Apple itself. I'm joined by Caitlin McGrath, co-host of Spin Rate, covers the Blue Jays for the for the Athletic. Caitlin,
2: how are you? I'm good. Yes, this is my first time recording the pod on the road, because it's my first time being on the road in quite a long while. I mean, first time in season being away since 2019 season. I'm not even sure what my last trip was. Probably was the trade deadline, maybe. Um, And obviously I was in spring training in 2020. um, Mm. But that was basically like the last time that I was in the U.S. So back, made it over here. They let me in. And uh, yeah, this should be a good week to be following the Blue Jays. Because, you know, it's going to be kind of a season-defining stretch here, I think
1: you could have picked a worse weekend or things could have gone worse on the weekend, allowing you to show up to a funereal uh, atmosphere around the team. But quite the opposite. Before we talk about that, before we talk about find out all about Caitlin's travel struggles, this is one thing people love to listen to on podcasts. It's about what it's like to go through airport security during COVID-19, which we'll get to because I'm interested to hear how that process has been. Speaking of process, I think it's important that you... Process your payments, Jesus, for The Athletic by going to athletic.com slash spinrate. If you don't subscribe now, you should subscribe as of this second. Let them know that we sent you. Sign up. Give you a tidy, delightful discount. You can read all of Caitlin's dispatches from the road. You can read... The Yankees' perspective from Lindsey Adler, for example, who's been covering the team, did a, wrote a great story recently on Joey Gallo, who has been the subject of much conversation in my mentions, as you might imagine, um, in the last couple days. But I think you should do that. You should go and subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spinrate. And you can subscribe to this show that we do twice a week, at least twice a week. God only knows what's going to happen as if this uh, little streaky streak of streaks continues but uh no promises but go and subscribe to the show subscribe to spin right wherever you get your podcasts give us a rating and a review we're having ourselves a good time we had a great episode last week with uh c trent rosecrans of the athletic talking a lot about joey Votto. it's a great chat i kept trying I, kept, I feel bad i didn't want to take any more of his time but we were just having such a great time so if you haven't listened to that one please go ahead go back and listen it's evergreen content which we're always after here in the biz. But I don't want evergreen content right now, Caitlin. I want to know about the here and the now. How was getting to New York? And what's it like covering the team in the United States of America during a global pandemic? That's over question <laughs> mark?
2: Um. Yeah, honestly, travel wasn't too different from what it normally is. There's more involved... Prior to travel now. So you have to get um, COVID tested before you go um, to United States. So I think it's basically at least three days or within a three day window before your departure day, you have to get tested. So I was able to do that um and then when you go to the airport it's just like a few um extra pieces of paper that you got to carry with you essentially like your test result and there's also paper you need to sign to confirm that you've got the negative test result and you hand that in and then it's just going through security and basically wearing your mask the entire time um you know they're maybe a little bit stricter and they're definitely checking um your bags and all that carefully but it was pretty much um a breeze to get through security, honestly. Like I um got to the airport quite early just in case and I had plenty of time. And I think I left at a, a point where it was probably a quiet time at the airport regardless because I left on Sunday sort of like – around well i got there in like the afternoon on sunday which i don't think would be a busy time at the airport just given like most people wouldn't be traveling in like the middle of labor day weekend when i was leaving so that might have factored in and yeah the flight was really nice i got bumped up to like business class which has never happened to me before so really yeah i don't even know how it happened i I assume there's a lot of families on the flight and i was a you know, a single one person. And so maybe if they were trying to like um, keep families together and stuff like that, I probably got bumped out of the original seat that I had and I got put in the front. So, um, you know, I mean, pretty good to get bumped to business class. It was on a flight. That's quite short, Um,
1: but
2: but I'm not complaining. And yeah. And being in New York, it's fun. Um, It's been a while since I've been here. I think I came in 2019 with the Blue Jays, we're here at one point um- And, uh, obviously I've been here a few times before that, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, things came back to me fairly quickly, getting to Yankee stadium, kind of navigating around Yankee stadium. Another fun thing is that I actually got to meet my editor who's, um, based in New York for the first time. So we've been working together basically this entire season, um, my editor, Rachel. And so we actually got to meet in person for the first time. So that's, that was neat as well. Um, and so, yeah, all things are good. It was kind of, um cool to be on the road again and and cool to be around the team on the road. And um, it's always nice when there's just kind of less people. There's only a handful of us from Toronto here covering the team right now. So um, that was kind of good. We got a a little nugget today when we kind of sat, we were sitting in the dugout waiting for Charlie to come out and, out walks Julian Merriweather, the man himself. I swear he's he's real. He's here in New York. Um, and so yeah, then you kind of know, okay, well, Julian Merriweather's probably getting called up here soon. Hasn't happened yet, because he just pitched in Buffalo on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously they're you know not gonna be using him back to back. And so the roster move wasn't necessary, but it's obviously coming because he's here and he talked to us today and he said he's feeling good. So those are some little, you know cool things about being on the road is you get to see things and you're here and you're present and uh, also a pretty good game to be at, which I'm sure we'll get into.
1: We should get into that. I, I am forever interested in in the process and, and what it's like getting around and navigating and getting the negative tests and getting... I've been tested twice in the last week. I was exposed. Mm. But so far, my per- first test was negative. I went for another one today, just to be sure, because public health told me I went too soon the last time around. But... Did you do the Uh,
2: like the rapid test?
1: No, I just went and made an appointment at Mm. the at the regular testing thing. Um, Again, I don't have any symptoms or anything, so it's all good. I've still been out gallivanting about. Mm. It's like because that's all you when you're fully vaccinated. All you got to do is uh is self monitor. But I'm glad to see that you're back out there. Meeting people in real life is fun. Uh, Meeting colleagues that you have or haven't seen in some time. Getting some FaceTime and even little things like, hey, that's Julian Merriweather. He hasn't been on this team for quite a while. (laughs) Potentially an exciting ad to the bullpen, uh, which that just recently had maybe an exciting ad. We can talk about that as well. But let's not go any further before we talk about the stuff that people want us to talk about, which is this is all coming on a pretty a pretty uh, nice time of year. Obviously, there's never a bad time to win a bunch of games, especially the teams that are ahead of you in the schedule. But I think the nature of the way this whole thing started on Friday night and then moving here through Monday's game, uh, spirits, as I said, are pretty high um, around the Blue Jays because I don't know if firing on all cylinders is exactly accurate but they're scoring runs again and yet also the starting pitching is still looking pretty great what what I'll ask you Caitlin what do you think is the biggest story or what's what's the biggest contributor what what is this kind of fueling this is it would you say it's the offense is it the starting pitching is it timely hits is there one thing that jumps out to you in your mind and, and says this is what has helped the Blue Jays grab those games against Oakland and then get off to a good start in the series against the Yankees
2: I think it's the offense. I mean, because the, it's just such a difference of what they had been doing previous, the previous two weeks or so. Um, basically since that sort of West Coast road trip towards the end of it, they were still scoring ones where they weren't winning. And then when they came back, the, the runs just really dried up, um, for them. And so, you know, one thing is that they're hitting home runs again, a lot of home runs. They are hitting those home runs when guys are on base. Um, they're, they're scoring when guys are on base, so the the you know the drought that they had going with runners in scoring position um, is you know more or less over. They're they're driving guys in now. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is like responsible for a lot of runs in the last um, few games here uh, in their five game winning streak um, so far. So. Yeah, to me, it, the offense is the biggest story right now just because, like, that was so, um, you know, kind of confusing and confounding. of was, like, what was going on with the offense? Like, they just were not scoring the way that we knew they could score. And all throughout that, the starting pitching was really good, which is how they were able to, like, squeak out those really close games in Detroit and even against Baltimore when they just weren't scoring a ton of runs, but the pitching was really good and they were keeping them in games. And the bullpen, you know, has been – Fairly steady. Um, but even so, like, even when the bullpen has had some hiccups, like that Friday game, we talked about, like, Manoa wasn't quite at his best in that game. Um, and then the bullpen wasn't, um, quite at its best either and then you had jordan romano coming in and he gave up that the first runs that he'd given up in a month but then the offense came through and so that's to me why is the that why the offense's storyline here is like it, it has been um sort of the reason why they've won these games and like certainly the yankees didn't score a run today so they could have won one nothing but they won eight nothing and so that just like looks a lot better it looks a lot more um you know, like, they're, you know, really playing at their very best. And it's just more of a sort of dramatic and an emphatic win. That was the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of it.
1: You, you made the point that I agree with the most. And it's a point that I've made uh, myself in a couple, whatever, media, like radio things. And that's the home runs. The home runs, there's no... Um, you can't put a price on the value of the long ball, especially from a team that's built around that as an offense. I mean, you can think you think to the early parts of the game here on Monday against the Yankees where they got obviously got off to a quick start through the home run, but A, then they had a lead. So they had a couple opportunities where the Yankees, who played uh, some pretty weak defense here on, a, on, on the Labor Day Monday game, uh, were giving the Blue Jays opportunities, and they didn't really take advantage of them early on. Um, which you know which is on looked a lot like what was happening when when that was plaguing the blue jays through august but when a you've already hit two home runs you're already off to a lead and then later on when the when the floodgates open it's the home run that makes that 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 fuels that those run scoring outbursts it's the home run that just is the great equalizer it's the way the game is played it's the way the team is designed and it doesn't you don't have to have the timely hits or get move, run, move the runner over it helps you know in those instances when the home runs do dry up it helps to offset that but again that a team that's built to hit home runs a team that is that now we're seeing uh in the last little while like getting offense from from all over up and down mm-hmm. the lineup obviously marcus Simeon had a great has had a great you know few days uh, vladimir guerrero jr got his 40th home run here uh on monday uh, lourdes Gurriel jr had an amazing weekend series and then continued it against the Yankees as well uh but you know you Alejandro Kirk hitting you know hitting the ball over the fence Danny Jansen. Jansen Danny Jansen had a great game I mean it just it's it's there's no substitute for hitting the ball over the fence it's just such a huge thing and it just it sets the whole thing off and then you know then the next thing you know you know the 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 pitching has has been so strong and and they're able to a weather the storm when it when oakland mounts their comeback or when they when the blue jays are 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 mounting that furious comeback of their own i think you said it maybe before we started to 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 record that that friday game in oakland the big comeback blue jays were down now 1.8 to 2 finally come back to win um 11 to 10 uh was one of the craziest games you've ever covered i can't uh Just the sound, the noise 15,000 people make sounded like a lot more when Lutus Gurriel Jr. hit that ball out uh, in the eighth inning.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that game was – a part of it, and this Charlie said this afterwards, and, like, I agree with it. Like, it just all kind of happened so quickly. I mean, the eighth inning when they were, like, slowly kind of chipping away at it and they had the bases loaded and then I think it was – Kirk that took the walk that, that drove in one run. Um, and then it was Lourdes that came up. And that inning had a lot of slow build drama to it. Cause it was like all these walks, a hit by pitch for Bo. I think then Vlad had a single that drove in one. And then it was like another two walks to Tioscar and then Kirk. And then you finally had Gurriel. So it was like a really slow build. And it was like, wow, they're doing it. They're building momentum. They did that with all, with two outs, I think. Um, cause earlier in the inning, um, I think, Sim- or I, I don't know how they did it, but, um, so two, there was two outs in that. Um, but anyway, uh, and then he hit the, he hit the grand slam and then it was like pandemonium in there. And it was like, wow, they are, this gave us high. Like it was, and then so quickly, um, the inning ended and you have Jordan Romano coming out. And, you know, then before you could even blink, the A's had gone ahead by two again. And, Yes, the air was, like, completely sapped out of the building at that point. And, but then there was just, like, this kind of feeling, like, the ninth inning, it just started. And, again, right away, the Blue Jays, like, built this momentum, um, got two on right away. And then Simeon came up, and it was almost like I had to – I just, like, had this feeling or, like, it, it just sort of seemed like it was going to happen. Like, I don't know how you can really even describe that, but it just – it had the feel of this win that, like, the Blue Jays had – have lost so many games in that sort of just, disp- you know, um in- what's the word disappointing fashion. And Mm -hmm. this one, I don't know, something about the comeback and just something about the way that they were swinging in that eighth inning. And Bo said it. And I think it was kind of true is like they were reminded of how good they can be. Like it almost was like this one inning where they score a lot, they come back they do these dramatic things. And it almost kind of like ignited the entire team. And I was like, no, we, we are a team that can come back. We are a team that can score runs in bunches. Like this is what we do. And like, That seemed to have really um, sparked the club. And like, you know, I don't know if there's anything to that. It could be completely coincidence that now they're just scoring a lot of runs. Because, you know, they are a team that scores a lot of runs. There's uh, plenty of material, plenty of evidence that says the Blue Jays are a team that can consistently score five, six, seven, eight runs a game. Like, they can do that. So, you know, maybe it's just a total coincidence that they're snapping out out of it now. But I don't know, like, to me, like, for the narrative sake, because <laughs> I'm a storyteller and I like to lean into that kind of stuff, it does seem like something really clicked with them in that inning where they were able to make mount the comeback um, and even when they went down again like there was just really no sense in that team that they were going to quit or that that game was going away and it was really kind of like perfect if you want to write it up because Simeon had not been having the greatest game that day um and then obviously his former team he's you know he was beloved in oakland and they're all very good friends with him and he's just been having such a spectacular season with toronto and he hit that home run and it was just like you know, kind of like, of course he did it. Like, of course, that's the way that this game was going to end. Like, how could a dramatic game like this end in any other way?
1: Uh, in that game as well, uh, you know, obviously the there was all the extra baggage and the series... Um the earlier game, was it that same game with, with everybody getting with Manoa hitting everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like all these guys are getting hit and it's all heated. And and Josh Harrison is apparently, you know, public enemy number one in Toronto (laughs) for some reason. He's, he's having a great time with it. You know, leaning in and, and uh, and inviting everybody to boo him, um, I think that the the narrative points are obviously strong. I also think that the the A's bullpen is a disaster. Yes, and do. not only is the A's bullpen a disaster, it's also a bullpen that doesn't match up well against the Blue Jays. They don't have those like really hard throwing slider guys. You know, they don't have. They're not like the White Sox bullpen or the Rays bullpen. I think that is is the kind that typically could give the Blue Jays a lot of trouble um you know you see what's his name Lou Trevino who came in and was like just didn't have any didn't have any command of the zone and then also was not in a position to um to 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 take advantage of maybe the Blue Jays aggressiveness but I think that's also you you described some of the walks and then even today like Randall Gritchick drew a walk and which is you know a momentous occasion in and of itself which is to say that maybe they have when there is that belief, when there when balls are flying over the fence, and there is the understanding that other guys in the lineup don't you don't have to do it all, and Vlad doesn't have to do it all, and Bobeša doesn't have to do it all, um, maybe they there is they they've been freed up to um, to be the best version of themselves. I think maybe is what we could say. And, Speaking of which, I mean, I, I was just looking since Thursday. If you go from Thursday to Monday, the Blue Jays have hit, I believe, nine home runs. They have a they have two hundred weighted runs created plus as a team <laughs> over like the hundred and twenty two plate appearances between between then and now. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist
0: with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone.
1: We should, of course, talk about the pitching, too. Uh, Robbie Ray continued to do the damn thing. Did he pitch? it? Was it a two hitter that he pitched, or was it just one that he allowed? One one hitter, one hit. That's which you know. How could I? How could I sell him short like that? And then again, and then in a really strong outing from uh, Hyunjin Ryu here today on Monday. A little bit. There was some question. I think people. It's fair to ask about the about the uh charlie montoyo going to get him after just 80 pitches turning it over to the bullpen ended up obviously not being an issue ended up working out really well not only because trevor richards pitched so well um got a lot of strikeouts and then uh, adam simber was there to kind of close it up and tim mays pitched well as well um but also uh, i don't know if if there was any talk about that in the post game about about what what made uh 80 pitches of of very good Ryu. I don't know if his last outing was maybe looming large in Charlie Montoyo's mind. Was there anything? Was that a point of discussion at all on the on the old Zoom call?
2: Yes, it was actually Ryu said he wanted to come out. He said that his um, he was throwing his slider more, which he doesn't throw a lot, and I think his sliders really like similar to his cutter, um, but he just doesn't throw the slider a lot. But he said he was kind of inspired by Robbie Ray's like success that he's had with the slider, and so he was <laughs> going to it a lot. And he said that because he was throwing it, his arm was feeling a little tight, um, and he just wanted to end the day at six. Innings, eighty pitches. I mean, maybe somewhere in the back of his mind, he was also sort of thinking, you know, what I've done a good job today. And and Charlie and Pete obviously didn't put up much of a fight to say no. We need you to go seven or eight or whatever. So and and no coach, no pitching coach or manager would Mm. suggest that if if uh, a starter like Ryu says he's done for the day. So yeah, I mean, obviously maybe um, I hear arm tightness and I'm a little um, you know not not concern but I'm just going to keep an eye on that I guess. Um I remember a while back I think Ross Stripling had mentioned throwing his slider a lot and having some arm tightness and then I think he's gone away from his slider a little bit more. Um and so maybe it's just something Ryu was trying Ryu was trying and I don't know if he'll do it or you know whatever. Um uh, maybe but he he didn't sound concerned. He said he'll go about his normal thing. So maybe it was just like a precaution sort of thing, but I think also um, it it was uh nice to get him out there when the numbers were re- really good, whatever it was, three hits, no runs, um, six strikeouts or something like that over six. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice that's a nice outing for you. Um really kind of resets him here for um the for the final stretch here. And like you said, like at least um they were able to get really good performances out of the bullpen. And honestly, the fact that Simeon hit the grand slam in the ninth inning was really helpful for the bullpen too, because they had Jordan Romano up when it was just a 4 nothing lead. Um, and um, then they obviously didn't have to go to him. So that was also good because knowing the Yankees and knowing the Blue Jays, probably one of these games is going to be pretty close. So you'd like to have Jordan, you know, available for an, a, a game that's closer than 4 nothing or 5 nothing or whatever it may be.
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, Jordan Romano pitched, did, he pitched quite a bit over the weekend uh, mm-hmm. anecdotally. I'm just thinking uh, again, and, and, victim not victimized I mean he, he gave up the home run on um on Friday and I believe he gave up a home run again on Saturday in a game that yes. sort of got a little bit closer coming down the end coming down towards the uh, to the end but again just a great a great um a great uh, a great beginning to this series for for the Blue Jays a great uh, coming off of that great weekend of course, where the Blue Jays were able to make up some ground on Oakland, and now here they are doing the same thing, uh, making up ground on the Yankees. Uh, meanwhile, the Red Sox blowing a huge lead, eventually losing, just like the Blue Jays went 11-10. The Rays come all the way back to beat the Red Sox 11-10 to 10 in what cannot be um, a good day at the office for, uh, for Red Sox fans. But uh, you mentioned Marcus Simeon, and we've kind of talked about him again. An amazing weekend, an amazing game here, two home runs. Uh, he's putting together quite a season. Uh, just unbelievable numbers, uh, hitting you know, hitting for power. Um, he's up to, what, 36 home runs in the year now? No, it's more than that.
2: 37. 37,
1: 37 home runs. Just an unbelievable season. He's... Uh, he's how many are RBIs? I don't even look at those things. 187 RBIs. That sounds like a lot. Uh, 133 weighted runs graded plus. Uh, uh, obviously, continuing to play every day, playing great defense. Uh, really difficult to overstate just how great. Between he and Robbie Ray, just pretty good uh, bit of business yeah. for the Toronto Blue Jays in terms of uh, free agent signings from last winter.
2: I think every. I think the Simeon signing always looked like it could be really good. I mean, I think most people looked at his 2020 and just saw it was a strange year. And if you you kind of um, localized the final stretch and then his playoff, the numbers were really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think almost always people were going to like that signing. I think it always was probably going to be a good one just because of the player that he'd been um, and the Blue Jays confidence that he was going to get back to who he was and, and all the reasons for why his 2020, you know, wasn't quite what he wanted to be, you know, injury and just not having the routine. And I believe his wife was pregnant. So it was just a lot of stuff was going on for him. The Ray signing, um, you know, is interesting to look back on, because if you remember in the off season, there was sort of like a lot of debate of like who the blue Jays should bring back. And if you remember like Taiwan Walker was really good for the blue Jays um, Mm -hmm. down the stretch in 2020, you know, probably better than Robbie Ray. His numbers were a little like, you know, his numbers were good, but the, expected numbers weren't so good and the peripherals around tyler walker's numbers weren't so good but you know the the era was good and and everything looked really good with him and robbie ray was not quite like opposite but like robbie ray's numbers w- didn't stand out as much but he was throwing a lot more strikes and he, and he he and then he did with arizona and he was making improvements with toronto and there was this stuff to like the strikeout power and all that kind of stuff but you know i do remember the discourse that had that even dragged on into this year of you know Fans being kind of upset the Blue Jays didn't you'd do more to get Taiwan Walker. And now, not only does Ray look like obviously the better choice, and, you know, Tywin Walker's having a good season with the Mets, um, and that deal's probably going to be a good one for the Mets. But, you know, Ray is a Cy Young candidate. We'll see how Garrett Cole pitches tomorrow, but, I mean, um it's really, uh, to me, the race is down to Garrett Cole and uh, Robbie Ray at this point, I think. And it's going to kind of determine how these two teams fare. And I think if the Blue Jays make a run um, and get really close, and Ray's a big part of that, I do think he has a really good shot um at winning if as long as he doesn't have sort of like one or two bad starts here down the stretch. Um, And another thing, though, that I want to say is that, like, Stephen Matt's also, like, looking at his numbers like he's been a really fine fifth starter as well and I mm-hmm. think like he kind of goes under the radar a little bit he's going to be pitching um here on Tuesday um blue Jay's next game and um he's had he's coming off a really good month of august his last outing was he had that one inning where he just couldn't find the zone but he really battled and um you know got through it and y- you know when you think about what the blue Jays did in this offseason in the pitching and what they've done in the last two years with their pitching and it's all looked really good. I mean, Steven Matz, Robbie Ray, even Ross Stripling, bringing him in. He's a versatile guy, versatile guy. Ryu, obviously. Like, and I was looking at the stat today. The Blue Jays' um, starting pitching numbers in the second half are the third best in baseball. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Just ahead of the New York Yankees, um, their ERA is something like three three twenty nine, um, and also, obviously Burrios, bringing him in has been a huge factor as well. Um, but you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, or I've definitely tweeted it. But like, certainly, certainly, we got to retire the narrative that the Blue Jays did not do enough for, with their starting pitching, or like starting pitch. that's that's the problem with these Blue Jays is they didn't have enough starting pitching. I mean, that is not the issue at all. It has not been the issue since like May.
1: No, they they've done they've done really well uh, in terms of you know tidy little pieces of business. Stephen Matz has worked out better than uh, than you can imagine. Robbie Ray is about to become, I believe, just the seventh um, Blue Jays pitcher to ever put up like a seven win season, which is crazy, right? I mean, the Blue Jays between if, if Ray gives him – seven wins and and Marcus Simeon's on his way to the seven or eight wins like we're talking about 14 wins at it from two players that they signed on one-year contracts anybody could assign them and I I tweeted this about Oakland you know the A's fans are, are freaking out because the two things they didn't do they didn't they let Liam Hendricks walk obviously he signed for a lot of money when in Chicago their bullpen is in tatters their shortstops are among the worst shortstops they've in all of baseball the the Oakland A's shortstops have po- posted like a fifty-eight weighted runs created plus. Like they've hit three home runs as a as shortstops. Like Robbie Ray hit more than that this weekend, right? <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and he's having a great season. And yeah, like you 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 didn't know what you were going to get from Alec Manoa. I don't think if you if you if we were sitting here, you and I were talking before the season, we said, oh yeah, Alec Manoa is going to come in. He's going to have you know what's he at nineteen starts now or something like that. Like he's he's had a great season. He <laughs> is. And he's pitching really well. You know, he didn't have a great, he didn't have a great outing, um, on Friday night. But at the same time, it's like his numbers still are strong. They're still looking really good. He still has, is just absolutely looking, looking the part and being exactly everything that they needed, um, in terms of someone coming in and filling that spot. Uh, you cannot, you can't ask for that. I mean, he's, he's pitched, uh, he's pitched, 80 innings and he's allows barely over um his whip is just over one Like 88 strikeouts his he's the king of soft contact like mrs bath a huge huge boost to to that rotation and and robbie ray is the same thing it's it's really uh it's uh it's really something uh it's really something to see because again that was the question coming into the season was like who's going to pitch these innings well those questions a lot of them have been answered Mm -hmm. let's talk about let's let's do some um more well we're appreciating people why don't we appreciate lourdes guriel jr a guy who got off to a dreadful start to the season uh and now he is uh looking like the hero obviously that huge grand slam uh another big home run Uh, there were you and I when we were when we were trading for Joey Gallo who's gone like oh for uh, August or O for September uh, Lourdes Guriel was involved in a lot of those deals I mean is this I I, it's obviously this is a loaded question but like do we think that that this is a more better reflection of who Lourdes Guriel actually is and who he can be moving forward or is this just kind of a guy on a bit of a heater at the moment
2: Well, the thing with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is I think what he is is a guy that goes on heaters, like, and he does this with somewhat, like, frequency, you know, like, I remember him coming up in 2018 and going on this kind of tear when he was a rookie, and he was setting these sort of, like, rookie hitting streak records, and then... 2019 is kind of a blur to me, but I assume he went on some <laughs> kind of tear in 2019 as well. I don't remember it as vividly. And the reason why I remember like Floris Gurriel's tear in 2018 is like he was doing it and it was right around the trade deadline and we were in Chicago and he got a hit and then he like got injured running the bases or something like that. And so I, d- I just remember it because I was in Chicago at the time. And, um, but yeah, like I think that he is probably not quite this guy because this, he, you know, this is someone that's hitting like 400 or whatever it may be. But I do think he's probably closer to the type of player that he's been in the second half, which is very much, um, you know, a, a good above average hitter. Um, and I've talked to Blue Jays before and you've, you know, asking them like, about Lourdes Gurriel or just about the team in general and a lot of them will say like he's the best pure hitter like he is just you know I think someone was tweeting this today and if you look at his swing when he's on like it's just a really beautiful swing too like it's just it's something that you want to watch and when I when he hit that grand slam like it was just such a like a just a really great beautiful swing and it was such a well-connected ball and it just was such a no-doubter as well um I just like kind of I mean I don't really see it in the moment because I'm like far away but just watching it back like I'm like, wow, like you can just really see it on the TV, just how he connects and how when his timing is on, he's just a really exciting player to watch. And he is hard to, he is hard to get out because he can make a lot of hard contact. He hits the ball really hard. I think we don't, um, because Blue Jays have so many guys that hit the ball really hard that we kind of forget, um, about Lourdes sometimes. And it's also like it, it's just almost more of a, a compliment to the Blue Jays lineup rather than a slight to Lourdes Gurriel that he's like their number seven hitter or number six hitter, mm-hmm. wh- whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, great. Right? Like, on another team, he's batting in the top four. Um, and he's been in the top four with the Blue Jays before. He's not right now just because they have kind of an established top four. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that the thing with him is you hope that he doesn't have the sort of troubles that he had early on the season. And he did mention, he didn't go into any details, but he did mention that he had – um, made some tweaks to his mechanics a little bit in the sense, and all he said was basically he he simplified things. Like he he whatever he was doing maybe early on in the year was a little more complicated. Maybe got away from some things, some basics that he was done. And so probably in this last few months here, um, certainly in the second half, um, and certainly recently, he's just kind of simplified things a little bit. So whatever he's doing right now, it's working, um, <laughs> and I think it's probably probably going back to like what he's done in the past it's also worked um which is good to see
1: I mean I I think that he is who he is and and all the things that you said I would agree with uh that the, the they they use that really like cinematic sort of steady cam shot <laughs> of him hitting that grand slam from the from the from the, the first base camera well yeah. and it's just such a great shot and you you see that that swing as you described uh, he really catches it out front i think that thing too it's super aggressive ambushes the first pitch gets that out front drives it a mile into left field all time bat slam like just heave that bat into the ground as hard as he can uh, i think he's still who he is and if his, when his timing's not great and when he cuz he is so aggressive like everybody in the blue jays he is prone to be made to look foolish if he is when he's over aggressive or if he's if he's not if his timing isn't there but he does it he is a guy that has great plate coverage as well and and obviously he is he, he's um, he's a study in contrasts. Bless Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I mean, obviously, again, great pure hitter as you as you as you uh, described, and guy who can who can barrel anything and hits the ball hard. Uh, just an absolute despotic fielder, just terrible out there. <laughs> just a, but but I got done with an amazing arm, but just he, uh, the other thing. Also, he got caught, he got picked off today um, because he is a terrible like slow runner. But at the same time, like who cares? You know, when you hit it over the fence, you don't have to be fast. So uh, a very entertaining player, a very a guy who's who's just absolutely come up huge at the right time as the Blue Jays continue to uh, try to creep back into and over the teams in the wild card race. They are. It's funny
2: how like. I was just going to say, like, we'll kind of get in, into what you were probably going to get into. Like, the, the wildcard race is, you know, for the AL East is such a good competitive division. But at the same time, you have these two teams that are just like, and by two teams, I mean the Red Sox and the Yankees, that just seem to continuously get in their own way. Um, and obviously the Red Sox are dealing with a COVID outbreak right now, which is, you know, unfortunate for them. Um but they were having troubles before that. I mean, they were sort of showing their warts. And they, I think they were coming down to earth a little bit after their first half um, heroics. And the Yankees, I mean, they went on that tear, that 13-game um, winning streak. And um, since then, they have not been good. I think they've lost 7 of 9 um, since then. And they have completely gone back to the team that can't hit. Like they just – they can't hit. Like they do not score runs. They have – a lot of guys are just not producing the way that they need to produce. And essentially if they don't have Judge and Stanton going, like the team doesn't go. They – you know, and those two guys, like, yeah, of course you're going to have guys on your team that kind of, you know, dominate the scoring. And and the Blue Jays certainly have um, – I mean, we just talked about how their entire offense is hitting well right now. But there's different points of the year where it's been – um, Simeon and Vlad carrying the team, or Vlad and Bo carrying the team. Like certainly, Blue Jays have gone through those phases. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of you know the one thing that I I've said throughout this a lot of times on the radio interviews, and maybe I've written this in so many words a few times. That when you looked at sort of the FanGraphs playoff odds and all this kind of stuff, and the Blue Jays are down to ten percent or nine percent, and now they're up to like twenty something percent or whatever um and you know that's all just a projection it's not necessarily real it's just looking at you know the team's record and games and schedule and all that kind of stuff but the one thing that I've maintained is that like why I think the Buddha's have better odds than maybe the exact odds suggest is that like the teams that they're chasing have had these like obvious troubles all year long and they have not been able to figure themselves out and I just don't necessarily think that three games at this point is a lot to make up for the Blue Jays if you're looking at how the Yankees and the Red Sox are currently playing and not just like how they're currently playing as if like it's just sort of a bad streak like what the Blue Jays were doing before. But it's like the issues that the the Yankees and the Red Sox are having are issues that have been going on all season long. I think with the Blue Jays when the offense wasn't hitting and the Blue Jays didn't look so good those last two weeks, it was not – completely concerning because you had to you had to just assume that a team that is hit for four months or whatever it was is just having a bad two weeks as opposed to this two weeks is actually what the real team is as opposed to the entire rest of the season when they were the best hitting team in baseball
1: no no team is perfect right i think all all the teams just The fact that they are doing exactly what we're describing, the fact that they are fighting for wild card spots means they're not perfect teams. Mm -hmm. Um, The Red Sox are a team that that I didn't think would be a contender this year. I didn't think the Red Sox would be in a position in a playoff position every minute of the season, basically until now. Um, At different times, it has. hmm? They still are currently. They still are. (laughs) Excuse me. They, at different times, have looked like they're about to completely collapse, right? The Red Sox have, have looked just like they're going to go to pieces. But inevitably, somehow, it's like Hunter Renfro has an amazing week. And just when the Red Sox look like they're out, they win like four games in a row. They take a big series against uh, against Tampa or whatever. The Yankees, are, the Yankees win 13 games in a row. And then they fall on their faces against the Orioles. Then they get blown out by the Blue Jays. Their offense has been completely gone from humongous stretches of the season Glaber Torres is is having like a not a great season you know Gary Sanchez is is still a bit of a of a bit a bit of a riddle as you described like you know Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge is probably one of the most underrated players I think in baseball at this point he's just so good and and so consistently good and is playing center field in that jumbo package thing they've got with Gallo and Stanton in the outfield um but like the Red Sox are the ones that I think are, I can't believe that they're still here. Like I look at that team and I'm like, sure, they got a lot of, they have, they can score a lot of runs. But that team is, is trash. It's kind of what I think a lot of the time when I watch the Red Sox. And then it obviously doesn't doesn't shake out. They had a really terrible loss today against the Rays, as well as, as you mentioned, battling, battling a COVID-19 uh, outbreak within the team, which um, I'd feel a little bit less bad about if they had... You know, um, what's the word? Taking the vaccine that was available to many of them—that as a team that has not even yet reached the eighty-five uh, percent uh, threshold. Just shout out to the Detroit Tigers, by the way, one hundred percent.
2: Oh, vaccine that, Did that just happen?
1: It was. It was announced earlier. They had a break. They had two breakthrough cases, and someone AJ mm-hmm. Hinch was like, "We are like one hundred percent of our team has been vaccinated." So, shout out to them. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors.
0: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
1: the only question is i or the only concern my concern is and, and and i'll ask this to you is is this is it too late for the toronto blue jays a team that has their own flaws a team <clears throat> that that you know whether or not they should be better, whether or not they have a, the third best record and, you know, they would be the class of, of any other division in baseball in a lot of ways, um, whether or not they have uh, like a plus 140 run differential, uh, they still lost a lot of games that they that they, should, they didn't have to lose what they did. Um, the Mariners are still ahead of them in the standings, even though the Mariners are terrible and like getting, you know, just dead ass lucky. Mm-hmm. Is there enough time? for the blue jays to you know do this damn thing
2: i think there is just enough time i don't think there's a lot more time to waste um but i do think that there's still opportunity i mean league look at they have three more games against the yankees this series and i it would be very hard to win four straight games against the yankees at yankee stadium i don't know that anyone would be expecting that but if they were to do that they would just be what um a half game back of the yankees um Mm -hmm. if they were to win three more um so that to me says you know they're close if they're playing their absolute best baseball um then they would have to continue to sustain that again they have somewhat of the schedule on their side after this Yankees series they go to Baltimore I go to Baltimore too um and they have four games against Baltimore they have a double header on Saturday um so there's four games against Baltimore and I do think then they have tough some tough games against Tampa coming up but then they've got um seven games against Minnesota um, so that is also a stretch. Where I mean, Minnesota is a really bad team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, they've been a bad team all year, but they're they're especially bad right now. Uh, they don't have any. I don't even think that, I don't know who's pitching for that team right now. Um, and so, yes, there's still opportunities for the Blue Jays. They have, um, you know, it's somewhat of a advantage and disadvantage that I think that the Red Sox and Yankees still have. Um, at least a series, if not two more series, to play against each other. So mm-hmm. it's good that one of those teams will have to lose, but also one of those teams will have to win. So it's not a scenario where the Blue Jays can have both those teams losing, as they did today. Both um, the Red Sox and the Yankees lost today. Obviously, the Yankees lost, and I think the Mariners are losing right now. Pretty. They're big. getting
1: killed right now by Houston. What at yeah. the time of us recording here on Monday night?
2: Yeah. So I think if the, the if that score holds, the Blue Jays should then. Um, be tied with, with Seattle, Seattle. Maybe I, I maybe. think they might be
1: tied in wins. They're tied. With, um, I think they have equal amount of wins as Oak- with Oakland. Uh, mm, yeah. But any. Yes. But anyway.
2: Well, yeah, it's all to say that there's enough time. I think I've done this calculation where it's like nine, 90 wins, 90-91 wins is probably what you need to get the second wild card. I think, and the Blue Jays are at. Um, 74 wins Um And they've got Something like 28 Maybe Do we have 28 More games 27 more games I should have done this math Beforehand But um
1: <laughs> 26
2: 26 Oh I was pretty close Um 26 So I don't know You guys Someone Someone do the math for me
1: If they go 17 and 7 Then they're yes. at 91 wins 17 and 7 is a pretty Healthy clip To yeah. win At Uh I this I, I I think there's enough time, and I, you've you made a great point about the about the. The, the, the remaining schedule But it's a lot of pressure To go 17-7 and seven, To to look at As the Yankees found out This past weekend um, To look at a team That you know you need to beat But also then Expect to beat them Like we gotta take Three out of four We gotta take Two out of three And and or anything That's short of a sweep It has, starts to feel like A bit of a disappointment uh, You know if ever There was a team That could do it I really think that This Blue Jays team That has demonstrated The ability to score Runs in bunches And get really great Starting pitching A team that has um continue to make additions I think we we haven't really talked about that and maybe we, I, this can be kind of the thing we go out on which is like they're still adding to this team <laughs> yeah right they're still to, trying to to tinker and find things things that work you know the Gerard Dyson is in the mix and they're just trying to get somebody who can run the bases a little bit and, and maybe give them a bit of a different look from the left hand side you know Corey Dickerson playing center field you know they've they've added you know They added, they add Danny Jansen to Kirk and Maguire, you know, as we've, we, you and I talked about a lot. I was very worried about the playing, the playing, uh, the playing breakdown, but it's like, they, it doesn't matter. They can't, they can go, they can do no wrong as they send these guys out there. And then, uh, maybe a big one, something worth mentioning is Nate Pearson, who had a uh, terrific outing on Sunday Mm -hmm. where he struck out the side in, in a bit of a mop up uh, role, but still, um. I'm really excited to see if 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 they can. You know, my thing, and I'd love to hear what you what you think about what how they're going to use Nate Pearson. I think they need to use Nate Pearson like three times a week, just like whatever situation he has to get in there and just pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch. Keep throwing him out there in low leverage, leverage situations. Throw him out there in a high leverage situation. Just get him out on the mound, retiring pitchers, retiring big league hitters, learning that he throws a hundred fucking miles an hour. And he has ridiculous stuff. Like, just let him do it until he can't. You know, obviously, don't hurt him. But like, just run him out there. And if he if he steps up, and if 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 things start to click, and he can do what he did against Oakland, well, then guess what? Now you've got an, an enormous arm to toss in there at the end of the game. You described your your fly by with uh, Julian Merriweather there's another guy that throws like 99 miles an hour and has like an 80 mile an hour changeup. like that's just more options to make the team that needs to win 17 games out of 26 or go 17 and 7 whatever whatever we did settle on um, more good players to help make that happen so that's what I'm excited and that's what I think they can do I'll ask you in the form of a question which is what I'm, we're supposed to be doing here what do you think about Nate Pearson what do you how often do you think we're going to see him do do uh, do you think that they're going to maybe ramp up that leverage? Are they going to try to get more out of them, or just is it? Are they going to be maybe a bit more uh, reluctant or a bit more cautious with Nate Pearson this time around?
2: Um, I think they'll probably be fairly cautious, but I also don't think they're going to be afraid to use him. Hmm. Um, I think that he was used on Friday. And uh, when it was not so good of an outing, kind of a so-so outing, and it was low leverage in the sense that they were losing, um, and he a couple runs scored on him, um, and just didn't look like he had the command, and and you know guys were hitting him, and then I actually didn't see the outing on Sunday because I was traveling, so but but I, you know the way you describe it and what I heard and just basically the box score like suggests that it was a a good, um, you know, peak Nate outing, um, what you want to see. So yeah, I would think that, you know, I don't, I think that Blue Jays, the circle of trust of relievers, um, is still, um, Richard, Simber, Mesa. Romano that was the combination that they chose to use today outside of Romano because he wasn't needed but he was also in the rotation um today in case they did need him so to me that is still the the core guys and that's who you're going to go to but having the option to have Nate Pearson especially if um you know you've used Tim Mesa and Tim Mesa's has a history with the arm. You you want to be careful with him and you don't want to use him necessarily back-to-back or a ton. And so those are the times when you do need guys like Nate Pearson and and Brian Baker to step up a little bit and then Julian Marriott whenever he comes back. Um, to step up a little bit and be able to take those outings and and be able to contribute because that's why they're here. Like the Blue Jays aren't they this isn't like a you know summer camp for them. Like they're not just here for um to learn about the major leagues. Like they're here to contribute. This is a, a playoff race the Blue Jays are in. Um, and they have to help because if they're not helping, then the Blue Jays probably aren't getting to the playoffs. Like they do need to everyone to contribute. Um, but I also don't think they're going to like ask Nate Pearson to like close a game. Like they're not gonna throw him in. Super high leverage. But, you know, if it's like a three run game or something and they, you know, they need him like I, I think they'll go to him. Um, I don't think they'll go to him on back to back days. And I, I don't know that they'll no. push him. I don't know that they'll push him beyond two innings. Or Sorry, beyond one inning. I mean, not push him to two innings. Um, I don't know that there's enough time to do that, but. Yeah, so I kind of, like, middle of the road maybe answer for you in the sense that, like, you know, they're going to be cautious, but I don't think they're going to be, like, so cautious that you're only going to see him sparingly. Like, I think he's here to pitch.
1: I think uh, that, that sounds good to me. I, I, think, I, I agree that they won't pitch him back to back. That seems like something that they're not keen to do. Um, and I, I, I'm fine with that. That's why I said three days a week. Three days a week gives him uh, an extra day here mm-hmm. or there. But I, 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 my hope is just that we see him a lot and and if that's baby steps through these low leverage situations and then he can earn his way into that circle of, of higher leverage trust that that is best case scenario for me and best case scenario for the 2021 Blue Jays. who are just trying to win games uh, and, and they have lots of opportunities to do that. They have they're in tough on Tuesday against Garrett Cole, but uh, they have gotten to him earlier this season. They got to him a couple times, I believe, uh, once in the aftermath of the great sticky stuff thing that he definitely uh, seems to have found his way through, like a lot of guys. I'm talking about Garrett Cole, but uh, just a, it's an exciting it's an exciting week if you're a Blue Jays fan. It's, an ex- it's, it's, all, it's all we ever really, if you're a Blue Jays fan, if you're me or whatever, it's all you ever really could have asked for is that they got a shot. 17-7, and seven, according to Caitlin McGrath, is the key to the Golden City. And uh, that's doable. It's hard. But it's doable. That's only winning, what, 68% of the games? A little bit less, maybe a little bit more? So you can manage that. Two out of three. Win two out of three every single time out. <laughs> you think, Caitlin, you stand by that? Is that, is that math check out? Sure. <laughs> what do you have for the people coming up this week are you gonna are you gonna put New York in the byline like extra large level, letters
2: I forgot How to the, be at j
1: yeah but
2: Today, Lindsay and I have a piece up that you can read now because it's posted now as we're recording, but it'll also be posted tomorrow morning when you wake up and listen to this podcast. And Lindsay and I um, did a back and forth where we talked a little bit about our team situations and um, obviously she's had sort of an entertaining, <laughs> entertaining year um, covering the Yankees because they've just sort of been nonstop drama. Yeah. Um, which is not unlike the Blue Jays, honestly. <laughs> They've been interesting as well. <laughs> There's always been something to happen with Blue Jays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then I'm going to be here and I'm going to be um, on the road and, and writing about uh, your Toronto Blue Jays. And then I have some stuff that I'm working on now and will come out later, later this month.
1: It's very exciting. I won't lie. I'm excited to read that uh, uh, story with, with, between you and Lindsay for, for end of the show. Lindsay Adler, who, of course, uh, is very famous on Twitter now. She, she Only famous people get the Looney Tunes official account in your mentions. That's hard to do. But four against New York, four against Baltimore. Again, you talk about an opportunity to win some games, an opportunity to uh, put the pressure on those teams above, um, above them. Um, that is the situation that the Blue Jays are currently in. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. You can follow her on Twitter. Which you should do You can follow me At Drew Groff You can read her Caitlin On The Athletic And uh, you can enjoy the games I hope everyone uh, is, is able to enjoy the games I hope the games are enjoyable In a, in a way that uh, The beautiful game Is the one that you win Is the famous Sort of Pragmatic Soccer saying And I think that's That's something That Blue Jays fans Will take as well 8 nothing, 2-1 Walk off walks Doesn't matter Just win Put those wins on the board and uh, let the rest of it take care of itself. So for Caitlin McGrath, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next time.